Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Engineering Visibility. I am Annie, the host of Engineering Visibility. I created this podcast because I wanted to give a voice to the people and the ideas that go unseen and unnoticed in the Bradley Department of Electrical and Computer Engineering at Virginia Tech. So thank you for your time, and I hope you enjoy these conversations as I work to make all parts and people of the ECE department visible. Well, I graduated at 17. I was a little younger than most of the people I knew. And, you know, you don't know much at 17. But the, only, the one thing I was aware of is that I did want to have a future. I wanted to definitely make a difference in the world. I just truly had no, I was in an ocean of ideas. I had no idea what I was going to do. So I didn't want to be lost in a career that was not fit for me, but I couldn't, you know, at 45 or 50 years old and I'm well-developed into this career that I just don't like. I, I don't I didn't want to be in that position. And maybe I'd have a family at that time and, and taking a step back then in my life would be too difficult for me. So I wanted to get a head start on that as early as I could. Though the majority of undergraduate students within the College of Engineering at Virginia Tech are between the ages of 18 and 23, not every undergraduate student arrives to Virginia Tech directly from high school. There are also non-traditional students that include transfer students, older adult learners, and part-time students. Non-traditional students typically have different goals and expectations than their younger peers, and they bring a wealth of professional and personal experience into the classroom. So in today's episode, you will hear conversations from the non-traditional students and alumni of the ECE department. Our first story is from ECE alum Tony. Tony first studied Spanish and anthropology at UVA. Then at the age of 27, while living in Japan, he decided to pursue a career in engineering at Virginia Tech. Yeah, so basically in high school, I was taking a lot of language classes. I took Spanish, French, and Latin in high school. So I knew that I liked languages a lot, and UVA offered, I think, 20 languages in their brochure. So that's why I decided to go there, try out Spanish. But I wanted to kind of mixed majors and Latin American studies was one major that I looked at doing. So it had a requirement of some anthropology classes. And my original plan was to do Latin American studies and business. But when I got to taking my first anthropology class, I really fell in love with that. And I didn't do so well in economics my first year. So I decided to stick with um, anthropology and Spanish. I did uh, study abroad my sophomore year. I did study abroad in Spain in my sophomore year, and then for my anthropology study abroad, I lived in Guyana in South America for the summer. After that, I decided to go to Japan for to teach English right after uh, college to try to continue on with sort of this language and culture exploration. And while I was in Japan, a lot of my friends from high school actually had become engineers, so I was learning a lot about what they were doing, and uh, one of my friends was doing a PhD in robotics, and a friend of mine in Japan basically suggested that that's you know, awesome that you can speak all these languages, but you know, what if you had like a hard science sort of skill to go with it? So he was actually a, physis a Japanese physicist uh, that was teaching high school, and he went to work at CERN. So I sort of felt there was something to what he was saying, and when I started talking to my friends as I was coming back to the U.S., it felt like a good chance to look around and consider engineering as a career possibility. So. Basically, right when I got back from Japan, I got back in um, August, so I had about a year before I would be able to go back and sort of did some exploration around robotics and biomedical engineering, uh, aeronautical engineering. And ultimately, 
you know, I talked to some people who had gone to tech that I knew from high school and with certainly encouraging our friends who were getting their PhDs in robotics, I decided to go back to tech. So when I started at tech, I was 27. It wasn't a hard transition for me. I got really lucky. Um, tech has a summer program for non-traditional students where basically they cram the first year of undergraduate education into the summer. So a lot of non-traditional students, you know, people coming from community college as well, uh, sort of take that program so they can condense that first year since we have most of the requirements already. And that semester was really nice. It sort of got us all back into the habit of studying and, you know, being around other people and getting back into the rhythm of things. One reason that it might have been a little bit easier for me is because I self-taught Japanese while I was in Japan. So I'd already had a pretty disciplined study schedule. It felt pretty, pretty straightforward for me going back. And you may be wondering, how did Tony's previous experience in languages and anthropology contribute to his engineering career? Oh, I definitely miss it, but I, I would say it's still very much a part of my life. So I'm on a, I'm on a team of people from around the world. So, you know, before COVID hit, I was traveling quite a lot. I did seven countries in a year, in many cities in the U.S. And I'm not doing the academic side of anthropology anymore. But I would say that I'm still learning plenty about other cultures just through the exposure of work. You know, understanding that there's this human side to everything, right? And sort of building out the network of connections and talking to different people on different projects. And, you know, I think a lot of people have this skill of talking to people, but with, for me in particular, being able to speak different languages and having lived in other countries made me more comfortable going around and asking people about what they were doing and, you know, learning about things a little bit deeper than I would have probably without those, uh, without that background. But I would say my anthropology training sort of at Microsoft, it's very international. So being sympathetic to other people's culture and wanting to understand it, it's almost like a daily thing for me. So I would say it definitely gave me a really solid foundation of being you know, very open-minded when it comes to understanding other cultures. And, you know, when seeing something that I don't understand, asking why something is happening rather than sort of putting up a wall maybe of, well, that's just different than I do it. And it's kind of that driven curiosity to understand, sometimes in a business context, sometimes in a personal context, what is behind a particular action. And as we come to the close of Tony's story, I leave you with these words of advice. I think being really clear on why you're going back is, is pretty important. So for instance, like I just decided to go back from my master's degree. I've been thinking about it for many years and I've friend of mine is pretty close to me. I was like, hey, I think, you know, you've been thinking about this. I just graduated from it. I think you'd love it. It's going to be a really big career boost for you. So when I went back to computer engineering at Tech, I already knew about the robotics lab. I already knew about several opportunities that I could go talk to people to pursue. And I sort of, I couldn't say specifically what I wanted to happen at the end, but I knew enough to know what I wanted to explore uh, as different possibilities. And so my advice would be, you know, even if you don't know where you want to be in three years, knowing what you're interested in now and reaching out to those professors or those advisors or whoever, and getting an understanding of what it actually takes to participate in those projects to see if that's something that you want to do long term. When you return, sort of hit the ground running because that'll maximize what you get out of your time there. For me, when I was graduating high school, like the four-year model was very much 
when everybody did. I didn't know about trade school, for instance. I would have never even thought about going for five years other than, you know, if I did like the extended master's. So, you know, when you're young, maybe you don't realize like how much time is available to you. So, of course, there's like the cost consideration of staying longer. On the other hand, you know, if you took time off to do a co-op or an internship, that experience could be really valuable in shaping your future. Another thing I would say in terms of what comes after is, you know, people move jobs so often, you know, even within the same company, that a lot of it is kind of like there's a lot of possibilities out there that you simply don't know about because you haven't been in the industry. And the sooner that you start exploring opportunities, trying different things out, the sooner that you can start to realize like, oh, there's these other five jobs that maybe I'd like to do, maybe I'd like to learn about. So I wouldn't put, you know, this real time box on things. It's much more about sort of exploring what's interesting to you and going after those little things and, you know, seeing if they really do spark your interest. Our next story is from Haley. Haley's story made me realize that transfer students also have a unique experience. Haley's journey began at Bluefield College where she majored in math and theater and then to Southwest Virginia Community College before she finally arrived at Virginia Tech. Here, Haley tells us of the challenges of being a transfer student. Within our little transfer community, I've come across, really have had the pleasure of joining and getting other people to be a part of. We definitely see ourselves as unique because, like, transfer students just see a whole different array of problems when they get here. Definitely the transferring credits thing is a big issue, but that's something that people mostly try to take care of before they get here, and maybe they notice that there are some tiny issues when they get here. Really, I think it's just finding a community is, like, maybe they don't want to be labeled direct just as a transfer student, and they want to find, you know, more that they can interact with, because I feel like a lot of groups of friends get started with their freshman year being like on the same hall and it's just really difficult because transfers don't get that especially say like if you don't know anybody else coming to Virginia Tech and you've got to find housing and you most people can't afford to live by themselves like a one-bedroom apartment so they go they have to just find random people to live with and so that happens like on Facebook people will say hey I'm looking for a place to live. I need roommates. Or there are some apartment complexes that match you up with people and it doesn't always end up the best. Other issues. Yeah, really just knowing where things are in Blacksburg and on campus and already being expected kind of to know where these things are. You go to class and nobody really, or like the professors expect you to know certain things, maybe even with just within the the class itself based on previous classes that maybe freshmen took and you know we have our equivalent courses that we transfer with but maybe they don't maybe there's some topic that was missed and we don't exactly get the same treatment that way we wonder what we're missing what stuff that we should be knowing because if you do you first years here then they know you know nothing basically (laughs) and 
So whenever you're in like a higher level class and you're like, oh, they didn't teach us this. This is their fault. And but when you're a transfer student, you think, should I have known this? Did they did was I supposed to know this? Do I need to go take another class to know this? Am I just going to fail this one because I don't know it? It's kind of difficult. (laughs) In my conversation with Haley, one thing that stood out to me was her dedication to helping those in the transfer community. So I started in fall 2019 being a transfer mentor. So this is my third semester doing it. And since then, we have grown every single year that we've done it. I wouldn't say semester because spring semester is obviously not that big when it comes to new transfers. But we definitely have a really large group of transfers and like so mentors, mentees. And we're really just trying our best right now to make sure that everyone still feels connected. And because there's even more students in the this program that we're doing that are the non-traditional student where they're like 35 coming to school being a transfer student online and it's it's kind of hard all of the mentors and mentees were all in a group me and even just today there's there was a dude wondering how do i get to the gym from my apartment now if you're a freshman and you start living on campus you learn where the gym is you learn maybe how to ride the bus and then maybe along the way you learn kind of a little bit more about where these buses go and but transfer students they don't know Blacksburg at all really most of the time so they get here and they're pretty lost especially with being online right now they don't know campus at all I today I just got I set up a meeting time for me and one of my mentees and I said, yeah, we can meet at the duck pond. And she has no idea where the duck pond is. And like, that's just like sad to me that I don't know, as freshmen, I feel like you get led by the hand almost, (laughs) especially with all your RAs. You're like, oh, we're all going to go do this. We're going to go see this area. This is what this is. And then transfers, you just, you most likely live off campus as soon as you get here and no one's really around to show you where all these different places are. And who is all a part of this community? Mostly just ends up being people from community colleges or really there's some that are like out of state that I think they saw our group, our program as a way to get a bit more integrated with campus with Virginia Tech itself because I think a lot of Virginia community college students that come to Virginia Tech already kind of have an idea of Virginia Tech because community colleges are really big on pushing people to go to specific colleges and funneling them into there like after they get their associates but then there are the ones that they take a year off and then they come to Virginia Tech I know one of my mentees he's transferred two or three times like I did. And so he's like, yeah, I know how this works. Except he transferred to places, like new places that he lived off campus at. And so he's already used to that whole process. And then I have another transfer student that, or another transfer mentee that is really 
struggling because his his housing situation is so awful because we get the last hicks when it comes to coming to Blacksburg because we don't find out that we get into Virginia Tech. Um, I didn't find out until May or April. So housing is already really limited at that point, or like very limited. It's limited by like January. And he's really struggling to the point where he's now gone. He's no longer a full-time student because he's really just struggling so hard with adjusting. And as we come to the end of Haley's story, she shares with us how she has come to value all of her experiences. I've just had a great experience in all reality when it comes to people I've met from, say, all three colleges I've been to, experiences I've had. And I, yeah, I kind of wish that maybe I could have graduated last semester with the rest of my, with the rest of my friends that graduated high school the same time I did. But I'm able to take it a little slower. And, and the people that I've met that are in my classes now. I'm I really like them. And our last story is from Jeremy as he describes his career change from the culinary arts to computer engineering. Senior year, you know, the expectations just go to college. Get out of high school, go straight to college, get it done, be young in your career. Um, so that's what I tried to do. Um, and I actually started with biology marine biology, because uh, I was good at it. Not necessarily wanted to do it. I was just good at it. I think a lot of people maybe get in that position where they don't know what they want to do. They just they just kind of dive in. They're like, let's just see. So I did that. I did not work out for me <laughs> at all. So I, after a couple of years of trying in, in college and trying to figure everything out, you know, I just kind of took a step back. I said, let me figure out what, what it is I want and what, what I'm capable of, what my skills are, you know, just maybe take a step back from the career thing and figure myself out. And I did that. I found out I love to create. I love to serve people, help people. I didn't know much beyond that though. So I, I just took that and tried to find a career. And that's when I landed on cooking because I could really help improve people's lives with food and I could make the food. I could create that. And that's a fine career. I just discovered for myself personally that it's it's not something I want to grow old doing. It's very hard on your body, believe it or not. Um, if you've never worked in a kitchen, that might sound silly, like bake cooking, but it actually is very physically intensive, very long hours. A hundred hour weeks is actually usually what I was working. And I was fine for a few years, but I just, I just decided, I'm, let me go back and take what I know now and see if I can apply this to something a little more um, sustainable as I get older. And engineering came up after actually after a year of going back to school for biology i went back to biology again discovered that engineering made a little bit more sense for me i loved computers i loved programming i loved building uh, devices i was building desktop computers for people during that time while i was taking biology i was like eh, th since i'm doing this in my off time let me see maybe if this is something i want to go to school for turns out it is so that's where i am now i still have people today that call me crazy for switching careers in my mid-20s at that point because I was making so much money. Uh, but I would find that it, there was, the, you know, all the money that I was making and everything that I was doing, I was not waking up fulfilled. I was waking up tired every day. My head hurt. I just emotionally, I was drained. Uh, I was very easily agitated. I didn't really like, I think the, the, the main thing for me, the, the big light switch that made me stop 
abruptly and, and just drop everything and change careers was that I just didn't like my personality. It wasn't really me. That career had turned me into somebody that was just short and aggressive and so overly assertive, you know, just because I was trying to get so much work done. So that I, I didn't want to be that. I wanted to take it a little more easy and use, use my head a little bit more. So I was like, let's go back to biology because it was familiar. And it was, it is interesting. There's a lot about biology that's very interesting to me, even, even still. So I did, I went back to it, got great grades in biology. Just was, was really good at that. But you know, when, when you start going to school, I went to a community college in Richmond, my associate's degree. And I went there and over the, like maybe a year and a half, a good bit into the program there, you start talking with instructors. I did a research project um, on some birds on the James River, and that was a really good experience. But you get to meet people. You get to meet professors and, and doctors of different fields, and you speak with them, and you get their recounts of their career and their of how they came up and what they're doing. And you kind of – me, naturally, I always compare when someone says something to me that's older than me or has any level of experience past me. I'll always relate that to what I'm doing and try to cross-reference and see if, like, Am I making appropriate steps in what I'm doing? And I found that, you know, maybe I'm not considering what I'm fit for, like where my place is going to be. It's like a little Lego block. Like, where should that fit? Where's the best place to put that block? And so I just, I overthink things for the most part, I generally to a detriment for me. But in this case, I would spend a lot of time thinking about what's my off time like when I'm not in school. What am I doing? What am I thinking about? What am I interested in? What am I reading? you know, that kind of stuff. And actually my girlfriend at the time, who's now my fiance, she told me, she says, all you do is computers. You love video games. You love making video games. You love building computers. Like that's all you do, man. Why don't you look at that? And I was like, man, you're kind of right. So I started talking to people. I talked to the head of engineering at that community college and got into the program and just really made, like immediately made more sense. As soon as I started taking classes, I was like, this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. Took me so long to figure that out, you know. That's amazing. It's it. I think when you don't have that feeling for a while, but you really want to, and you know that a lot of people do. You know, you see everyone around you. It's like, ah, this is what I'm. You know, I feel right. And you're just always doubting if you're in the right spot. It's it's very like invalidating to your abilities. And you think, is am I supposed to do it? Because my whole my whole family, all the men in my family are contractors, electricians, and there's nothing wrong with that. That is honest work and it's hard work, but it's not what I wanted for myself. And it, it's hard because at the time before I figured out that I wanted to do engineering, I was like, man, am I just not made for anything but that? Like knuckle busting work? Am I really not? <laughs> can't do anything but that? So it was really cool to, to feel like that's where I fit. It was right there in engineering. It's cool. And for those of you who are listening, who may be trying to find your place in engineering or your fit or just not sure, I'll leave you with this. Surround yourself with people that are doing what, that are in a place that you want to be. Not necessarily a career, because if you don't know what that is yet, it's fine. But when I say a place, you know when someone's in a good place. You can tell when someone's doing something and making progress in their life and they're moving forward. Surround yourself with those people. You know, whether it's going to the same place that those people hang out, if it's like, you know, put yourself in a position to be around successful people and you will be amazed the conversations that you can have and what you can learn from people. And then 
don't value other people's opinions as much. I know that sound like conflicting ideas, but use the information that you can you can get freely from people as they share their stories. But look inside yourself too, because if you value, if you follow other people's advice all the time, and you always do these, oh, try this. You should, oh, you should try this. You're probably not going to find what clicks with you because there's something in you that's very valuable and that's very skilled at something. You just got to find it and that you got to explore. That's the only thing you can do. Actually, I mentioned before that I tend to overthink stuff. So I want everything to be exact. Mm-hmm. Like my place in a computer engineering. I wanted that to be 100% the only thing I'll ever want. You know, mm-hmm. nothing's ever going to work that way because we're humans. But I had an instructor I was doing that research paper with. He told me, because I had mentioned to him that I, I consider other careers. We, I was still in biology at the time. And he's like, man, you know, I really like technology. I like all this. And he said, look, you can do whatever you want. You're going to be successful at it because you're putting yourself into it. As long as you're able to put a large portion of yourself into what you're doing, and you, you feel like you'll be able to do that, you're going to be successful at it. So don't get too wrapped up like I did originally into, oh, but if I do this and I go five years down the road here and then I end up being not as good as everybody else, it's not about that. If you can make it that far into it, you're probably okay because you can put enough of yourself into that to progress into that career. So, so you know, don't nitpick too much about yourself. Find something that feels good and that you can wake up every day and you think like, man, I'm excited to learn about this. That's the important part. I'm excited to grow in this field. And then you, you will do well in that field. If you are considering going back to school or changing your career mm-hmm. and you think that there is, it's feasible, dive in, please do it. Because if you're not fulfilled in what you're doing now, you're not magically going to be fulfilled 10 years from now. Make sure you're doing something that when you look back on your life later on, you're, you're proud of yourself. Is there anything that you would change? Honestly, no. I have this conversation weekly, I think. Then with my, uh, my partner, my fiance, mm-hmm. she, we like to reflect on things, you know, because she has her own career she's working on. We like to make sure that we're making the right steps. And no, I don't think I would because, you know, you can think different things about what would happen if you did this. But I think everything is the way it is now because of the way it was. Mm-hmm. So if I had not dropped out of school and I had mm-hmm. not tried cooking for as long as I did, mm-hmm. where would I be right now? You know, I, I probably wouldn't be here. And I like where I am right now. You know, I feel better in my 30s than I ever did in my 20s. So, no, I'm, I'm really happy with the way things turned out. Thank you for taking time to listen to this episode of Engineering Visibility. I'm your host, Annie Patrick, and I want to send a huge thank you to Tony, Haley, and Jeremy for taking time to share their experiences. Also, much appreciation to EC Tech Talk for allowing me to drop in. And last but not least, I'd like to thank the National Science Foundation and the Revolutionizing Engineering Department Initiative for making this podcast possible.